0: Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Jesus tells us, "'You are the light of the world. "'A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, "'nor do people light a lamp "'and put it under a basket but on a stand, "'and it gives light to all in the house. "'In the same way, let your light shine before others "'so that they may see your good works "'and give glory to your Father who's in heaven.'" If you've been with us for the last four weeks, we've been talking about this vision statement, that it's our vision to see God light up your life, your home, your neighborhood, and the world. And that idea, that vision stems from those three verses I just read. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And we believe that God wants to light up your life and the way he lights up your life is through his word. That the word of God is a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. And my hope and prayer is that our church will be used by God to lift up the lamp and to light up your life. And that you might be different when you leave here. But our vision also is to see God light up your home. Jesus said that a lamp in a house is not meant to be hidden. What starts here is supposed to go with us and actually impact our homes. And our hope and prayer at ABC is that we might equip parents, grandparents, and our entire community to open up the lamp and to shine God's light into the home and pass down that light to the next generation. But Jesus also said that a city on a hill cannot be hidden. That's why we believe that God's calling us to light up your neighborhood. Church is starting right here. This is the gathering. We come together, but we are still the church as we leave here. And God's intention is for us to take that light into our neighborhoods and that we actually all become ministers the moment we leave this building. But then we also believe that God's called us to light up the world. He told us to let our light shine before others so that that they may see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. And that's why we are advancing forward on mission, both locally, regionally, but also globally around the world. We want to extend that light so that others will see it and give glory to our Father who's in heaven. This is our vision here at ABC. But we've been talking about now for four weeks that you can't carry out a shared vision if you do not first share a few core values. And we've been working from this definition of what is a core value. And a core value is the deeply ingrained principles that guide a church's actions and serve as its cultural cornerstones. And we've been instituting four core values. On the first week, we talked about the first value, which is truth. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 says that the church is called to be a pillar of truth, that we hold it up, that we hold it up for others to see. And that's why here in this place we will hold up the lamp, that we're called to lift up the book, and that is who we are because we value truth. But we're also called to value grace. John 1, 14, Jesus came full of grace and truth. And as people are drawn to the light, light is actually supposed to offer warmth and hope and comfort. And we must value grace because God's called His church to offer warmth and hope and comfort for people who are lost. But then, thirdly, we talked about last week this idea of authenticity. The thing about light is, light cannot lie. Right now, the lights are on, they're not off. But many people come into churches and pretend the light is on when truthfully they're walking in darkness. But last week we talked about this, that we're called to walk in the light as he is in the light, because when we do so, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We value authenticity in this place. It's okay to not be okay, and it's okay to communicate that so that we can lead you to change through Jesus Christ. But the fourth value that we must be united on if we're gonna be a city on a hill is impact. Because the thing about light is light is meant to make an impact. When you shine light, it always actually makes an impact. That it pushes back darkness. Darkness does not win, light always prevails. And God has called his church to shine his light into dark places. And today we're gonna talk about this idea that God has called us to be a people of impact and he calls us a city on a hill because he's actually given us power to shine and my question for you to consider this morning will simply be what kind of impact are you making what kind of impact are you making on the world because what we're told through scripture is God has given us power to push back darkness And every single born-again believer in this room has that power living within them. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is where we're going to start. And you'll see in this verse, it's a simple verse that God promises to each of us in this room. That we are equipped to shine. Jesus says in verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is resurrected on the third day. He walks the earth, we're told, for 40 days. He's seen by many, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, as many as 500 at a time. He's in front of lots of people doing very public things for 40 days. But then he ascends. He goes back to the Father to be seated at the right hand of majesty. But before he went, he spoke to his disciples, and they were worried. They were scared. I imagine they were frightened because he's leaving them right after he conquered the grave, and he gives them a beautiful promise. He says, you're going to receive power. They always loved the power of Jesus because it was so evident to everyone else that he was different. He was the light of the world. And they didn't want the light to leave, but what Jesus said is, I'm about to send my light to you. He says, you're gonna receive power, that I will give you the power so you can shine like me. That's why he now calls the church the light of the world, because if you're in Christ, you've received power. You have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. We're told it's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living in me, and he's living in you. It's why Paul tells Timothy, he says, you did not receive a spirit of fear. He says, you've received a spirit of love and power and self-control. And God puts that power within us, and he gave it to us for a reason. If you go back to Matthew 5, 16, what did he say? He said, use that power to let your light shine before others. He says, people are going to be watching you. So put that power to use and shine. Look different. Be different. Live differently according to a different mission so that others will see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. The problem is sometimes in the world, we're selective on where we shine our light. He said, let your light shine before others, but sometimes, truthfully, we only shine in places that are already bright. Made me think of Christmas lights. Actually, Matt Gillum told me this over Christmas, and I thought it was interesting. I hadn't considered it, but he was talking about Christmas lights, how sometimes... People leave them on during the day. Have you ever noticed that? Maybe you're guilty in this room. And sometimes we have these lights at our houses, and they're outside, and at night, they're beautiful. They light up the neighborhood. People drive by. They look at it. They marvel at it because light's always designed to operate in darkness. But some people leave their lights on. And they're on during the day. Happens in my neighborhood, probably happens in yours. And when I drive by those kind of homes, I always look at that light and I'm thinking, I wish they'd buy a timer. I wish they would do something to turn off those lights. And maybe it's a pet peeve only for me, but I look at those lights and I'm thinking, what a waste. Well, what a waste of power. Because ultimately, they're not doing much in a bright room. Most people are not looking at them outside when the sun is fully up. Instead, lights are meant to shine, and that power has been given to them to push back darkness. And for many Christians, we waste the power we have because we choose to only shine in places that are already bright, that we only choose to shine at church, that we will be just as godly as anybody while we're here in this room for one hour. We will talk the language, we'll be friendly, we'll shine light, we'll love, we'll hug, we'll encourage, we'll do everything in a bright room. Likewise, we will go from there to a midweek Bible study somewhere. Maybe you're even in a parachurch organization that you partner with for an in-depth inductive Bible study. We shine there. Come back on Wednesday night, shine again. Partner with a nonprofit. shine over there. And all of those things are good and great and wonderful, But it's a waste of power if that's the only place you shine. If you only shine in bright places, what you see is little impact is being made. Because God didn't design us to operate only in places that are already bright. What He actually meant was for light to look like this that when it starts to get dark, that's actually our moment to shine. That this is how God's called us to operate. He didn't say just all shine together in all of your little circles. No, if you caught it, he said, let your light shine before others so that they would see your good works because light stands out. And we know it stands out, and truthfully, that's what keeps us from shining because if we're being candid, why do we not shine our light in so many other places? It's because we look like this. It's because we look alone. We stand out. We look different. And Jesus said that's the entire point. But we choose in those settings to do what Jesus actually said. He said not to do. We hide the light. We hide it when we leave and we go into dark places because we don't want to look different. We don't want other people to see. And because of that, candidly, we make no impact on the world around us people have been hiding their light for too long in our country. Too long. And the thing is, when you stop shining your light, it's amazing, darkness keeps going. Have you ever noticed that? Darkness continues. In fact, darkness expands when light is taken out of the picture. And what we've seen in our country is an expansion of darkness because the people of God will only shine in bright places. They exit the world and dodge the world like it's a plague. But Jesus says, I've sent you to the world for you to stand out. Because people will not stand out, the world has gotten crazy. Because we've stopped being salty in a good way, and we've stopped shining our light, as he's called us to. When we stop shining our light, crazy things happen, like in our country right now, that you can be a teenager who can't even buy a lottery ticket but you can mutilate your body permanently with a gender surgery. And what happened for decades to get us there? We didn't want to say anything. Didn't want to say anything because it would actually hurt somebody. We were afraid to stand out. In the same way, that's why right now there are men that are in churches everywhere that aren't leading in their homes because they've been told their masculinity is toxic. They've been told that they are not actually men, that it's bad to be a man. And because we don't even understand what to be a man or a woman even means in this country and why it's because darkness keeps spreading and we will only let the light shine in select circles but we won't let it shine where it actually needs to go this is why women believe wrongly in our world that killing your baby is a sign of progress and liberation because we have not shined our light in the public sphere It's why children and teenagers in Gen Z right now believe gender is a construct. 20% of Gen Z identifies LGBTQ in some regard. They believe gender is a construct even though the light, the word, the lamp of God tells us that he made us male and female. God's the one who creates. The creation does not tell the creator what we are. God has that power. And because we've chosen to not shine, darkness has taken way too much ground in this world. And my question for you to consider is, are you making an impact on the world or is the world making an impact on you? Are you blending in? Are you hiding in bright places? And trust me, I understand saying things like these and even thinking things like these is scary these days. But that's why God's called us not to shine alone. That's why he's actually called us to go and find others and link up with them. And this is the body of Christ, that you come together with others and you actually start shining together because when you're alone, it is kind of scary, but when you go find other believers in the world, in the church, and you share your life with them, what you find out is collectively, we can actually do more together. And when the church rises up and starts to shine, we cover more ground. And darkness starts to push away in our homes, our communities, and in the world. And this will only happen if we choose to finally make an impact. And my question for you to consider is, are you dodging the world? Are you running away from the dark places that God has called you to in your home, your neighborhood, and in our city? Or will you link up with other believers and be the people of God that God has already called you to be? What impact are you making in the world? But then secondly, I have a question for you is, what impact are you making in the church? Because what we're told is in this room, this is a place of light. We are God's people. We are a city on a hill. But even right here in a place of light, we're called to make an impact. And that power that God has put in us has been given to us to push back darkness out there, but also to minister to one another right here. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. This is what we're told. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace. Peter tells us each of us has received a gift. And truthfully, we've all received many gifts from God. In fact, James chapter one, verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, from the father of lights, with whom there is no shadow or variation of change. James says anything good in your life actually came from the God of light. That he gave it to you everything every good relationship every good resource every good experience all these things It's a God who loves us full of light and he pours out his light on his children Every good and perfect gift is from above. What does that mean? Means a lot of things practically. Yes, it means our money is God's psalm chapter 24 verse 1 the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof God gives us financial gifts Absolutely. He gives us finances, but He also gives us spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us when you call upon the name of Jesus, His light comes into your life. He lights up your life, and He gives you spiritual abilities. He gives you these gifts, and we're actually called to be stewards of these gifts. And what does that word steward mean? Peter said, Be a steward of God's very grace. That means be a good manager realizing all these gifts that god gives us money time treasure they're all given from god and actually for god and what are the purposes of those gifts what does he want you to do with it It, peter said going back to the text use it to serve one another he said i've given you these gifts in your life to use it, and you're thinking, no problem. I'll use my time, talent, and treasure. That's easy. I will spend all my money. I'll spend my time the way I want, and I will keep all those gifts and use them to build up my own kingdom. But what did he just say? What was the whole reason he gave it to you and to me? He said to serve one another. Use it to serve one another. You see, we're called to make an impact on people outside of ourselves, Yes, we get to enjoy God's things that he's given us undoubtedly, but he's also given them to us to be stewards with them and to use them, he said, to make an impact right here in the church, that we can serve one another. I saw a clip from a message, this was months ago. Some of y'all know who Sadie Robertson Huff is. She's one of the Duck Dynasty girls, if that helps you put an image to it. Years ago, we watched her grow up with all the bearded men in Louisiana. And now she's become a young woman, a young mom, young wife. And she's become a Christian influencer, speaking in all kinds of different arenas and spheres. And I watched her. She was speaking to thousands, a full arena of young adults, college students. And she started talking about this idea of light, which I thought was interesting. And months ago, she told this arena for everybody to bring out their phone. And everybody listened to her. And she told them to click on their flashlight because on that home screen there's the little shortcut and they all did that. And she told everybody, hold up your light. And the whole arena just starts filling up, populating with just thousands of lights turning on. And the whole crowd starts to go wild. They're cheering saying, woo, because the whole place is getting so bright. And she's saying, this is awesome. She's, all right, now here's what I want you to do. Swipe to the left and let's take a selfie to remember the moment. And everybody swiped left but something happened. Did you catch it? That when she brought up the selfie cam, and we all take a picture of ourselves, it's interesting, Apple has some default setting in there that actually kills the light. I'm sure there's a technical explanation. One of you can tell me, but I would like to think a preacher designed the iPhone personally. And, (laughs) because there's a great lesson in there. When you shift the focus to yourself you don't shine much light in fact it kills the light you're no longer making an impact on anyone because you're fixated on yourself and churches are full of people that are fixated on themselves <laughs> I want all the music my way I want the message to be about what I want to hear. I want them to end on my time. I want the ministries that I'm interested in most to get all the resources. I want us to partner with every organization I care about. I want no one to sit in my seat, because it's my seat. I want to be out of here at my time. I want someone else to make my coffee. I want someone else to take care of my kids. I want somebody else to teach me. I want somebody else to take care of me, 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 me. And churches that are filled with people like that, no light, no light. And churches that are filled with people like that make no impact. Because when we make church about ourselves, there's no room for light. We're absorbing everything. But God called us to be stewards of His grace. He said, take the gifts that God's given you and don't make it about yourself. Make it about others and actually watch how God lights you up in the process. When you realize life isn't about you and it's about God's light impacting others, that's when God actually starts to impact you. He starts to change you. You see, too many people think church looks like this, this cruise ship that you'll see come up. Many people think that's the church I want to join. I want to be on a vacation from all my problems. I want everybody else to meet all my needs and take care of me and to make sure everything's exactly how I like it. And I've never been on a cruise, but honestly, that sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. The problem is church is not a cruise ship. In fact, church is supposed to be a battleship. This is what God's called us to be. Because the difference is this, a battleship actually has a mission. It's a shared mission that people unite together to actually fulfill something bigger than themselves, to achieve something. And then the way it happens is people sign up for different roles. Have you ever noticed that a battleship has no dead weight? If you're on that ship, you're doing something. You have a role. And can I tell you, I have no interest in pastoring a cruise ship. No interest. But I have a lot of interest in pastoring a battleship because our church has been given a mission. And what's our mission? Our mission is to lead people into a life-changing relationship with the light of the world, Jesus Christ. That's our mission, to lead people into a life-changing relationship With Jesus Christ and that's a mission so big one person can't carry it themselves but that's why God said link up link up and shine your light together and make an impact on the world but also make an impact on each other and today you're gonna have an opportunity to make an impact today in a moment we're all gonna make our way out there and you're gonna be given an opportunity to help shine a little bit of light right here at Austin Baptist Church And I encourage you today to consider that question, what impact are you making? Because if we want to be an impactful church, it starts right now because impactful churches are filled with impactful people. You see, so often we want the institution of the church to do things that we don't want to do individually. But the reality is impactful churches are actually filled with impactful people. And I believe our church can be as impactful as we are willing to rise up to be. I truly believe that. I believe there is no ceiling because Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, we're told God can do more than we ask, think, or imagine. And we've talked about ways that we could shine in the future. I believe one day we will have a family support center where we will offer a pro-life facility that will minister to moms in crisis through pregnancy resources. I believe in that facility we'll have family counseling to help men, women, and children that are struggling in their home. I believe we'll have adoption ministry so we can be holistically pro-life and actually come alongside families to help solve the problem of of children without parents. I believe one day we'll have a family life center. I believe we'll have sports ministries that will rise up here, not just so that we can play basketball with each other, but so that we can reach the community and play basketball with them and share Christ with them and the children in our community. I believe all this stuff can happen. I believe we'll have more mission partners all around the world where Egypt's just the beginning. I believe there's gonna be so much more that God has for our church, more than we can ask, think, or imagine. But I can tell you, none of it will come true until you start shining your light. None of it will. Impactful churches are filled with impactful people. So what kind of impact is God calling you to make today? Today, I'm ending church differently. We're gonna have an invitation, but it's not to come forward. The invitation's to go out. And in a minute, we're all walking the aisle, but it's not towards me, it's towards those doors. And outside, there's a ministry fair with all kinds of tables. And as our church grows, the needs are only increasing. There are more needs than I can list. Matt tried, and he did not even get them all. He tried, bless his heart, but there's more than we can even list. What impact are you making in this church? If you'd answer that question honestly and say none, change it today. Get on the ship. Get on the battleship and be a part of the mission and find your role on the ship because there is a place for everyone in this room. God wants to make an impact through you. And as we leave, I'm gonna encourage you, we've got 10 minutes here. Go talk to some people while you get your coffee and sign up because we need you. You are the light of the world. So let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven.